Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. Thank God for another season. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books in the Bible. Not just one scripture, full chapters. And of course, I share my commentary while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word of scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith while we learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Not my will, Lord, but God's will be done by giving our lives to his son, Jesus the Christ. I am Dr. Kamla D. of Learning Bible Truth. So I guess you are wondering, what on earth is Dr. Kamla D. sharing with us today on a Friday? Well, um, it's a surprise. That's right, it's a surprise. I will be sharing with you part one of an upcoming series that I have been studying for for the year 2022. Now you guys know, in order for a person or one of God's ministers to share uh, the scriptures with you rightly divided, it requires a lot of studying. It requires a lot of research. Now don't panic. I will be sharing episode 19 of that epic series that we have been um, sharing with you guys for the past, what, two months or maybe month? No, I think it's been two months. Uh, we are searching the scriptures, the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures, finding Jesus. So I will conclude episode 19 tomorrow, and we will conclude the series next Saturday. Yes, it is It is an epic series. Uh, the audience is, is growing, and to God be all the glory for that, because it is him who leads people to his word. He have a lot of ministries out here that are telling the truth, and a lot of these ministries are not God's ministries. So um, to God be all the glory. I thank God for you. And I want to take this time to thank those of you who are sowing into the ministry and to encourage those who haven't uh, sown or didn't know you can, you can go to the front uh, page of the podcast that you listen to Learning Bible Truth on and look for the contribute or um the button that says um, support this ministry and click on that button and just sow an amount of your choice. You know, any amount you sow would be, you know, greatly appreciated. Now, today, I just want to give you guys a little sample. So it's going to be part one of this epic series that I am studying for, for January the 1st, 2022. It's uh, about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the signs that we need to look for. So um, it's basically an introduction into this epic series. This is going to be groundbreaking as well as the series that we are concluding. So um, you don't have to get your Bibles right now. Um, 
the foundational scriptures I will share as I give an, an introduction to this new series. But I can tell you this, it's going to be eye-opening. Um, it's going to be information that you may be hearing for the first time. And I am here to tell you, saints, you are going to be shocked. And some of you may not, because if you have been listening to me or following Learning Bible Truth for uh, the two seasons that we have been in existence, you already know the truth. But I, uh, the Lord spoke to me the other day and said that I want you to start another series as I continue to grow uh, the listeners uh, in your ministry. And I am humbled. I am here to tell you I am humbled that God has chosen me to teach his word because many are called, but few are chosen. And I am here to tell you I take teaching seriously. I, it is my life. It is not my livelihood, but um, in the near future, I uh, will be making it my livelihood. But I am here to tell you, saints, that I cannot wait to share this, this message. So with that said, um, I will talk about why and what led me to share this message. It's because my quest for the truth or to uncover the truth about God and his true word, um, I found in the Bible. You know, uh, ultimately that search led me to the Bible where I discovered the existence of countless specific and fulfilled prophecies. Now, in my mind, the existence of these prophecies verifies the claim that the Bible is the true word of God. There is no other book out there that contains the true word of God other than the Holy Bible. No other book in the history of the world comes anywhere close to matching the Bible's track record of uh, fulfilled prophecy. Now, in fact, if you're keeping score, and you should, the Bible has a perfect track record when it comes to fulfilled prophecy. That's right. It's perfect. Now, you know, if something is perfect, there is no mistakes attached to it. Every single prophecy found in the Bible, with the exception of those regarding the end times and beyond, has been fulfilled to the last letter. Now, did you know that? Well, if you, if you, if you don't know it, you're getting ready to find out. Years ago, I didn't know. But then I discovered these astounding prophecies, detailed prophecies written hundreds and sometimes thousands of years in advance. Now, for example, did you know the Bible foretold the rise of the Greek Empire under Alexander the Great and its breakup into four kingdoms following his death? That's written in Daniel chapter 8, verses 5 through 22. Did you also know that the Bible foretold the destruction of the temple and the long worldwide exile of the Jewish people? That's recorded in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 24. 
The Bible even called out Cyrus the Great by name as the king who would give the command to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. I want you guys to read Isaiah chapter 44 verse 28 and chapter 45 verse 13. And the Bible also made every one of these prophecies centuries in advance of their fulfillment. But you know what else? That's just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, we need to look at the uh, Messianic uh, prophecies. The Bible also foretold the coming of the Messiah who would save the world. And in the current series that we are uh, teaching, you guys are learning about that now. All of those prophecies were fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the prophet Zechariah, he claimed the Messiah would release a multitude from death in a waterless dungeon. That's in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11. And the prophet Isaiah said through um, the, the, the Messiah, many will be counted as righteous. That's in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 11 and 12. Now, the Messianic prophecies are so specific and detailed in nature. They even include the actual year of the Messiah's arrival which was foretold more than 400 years in advance by the prophet Daniel in chapter 9, verse 25. They detail his birth, life, death, and resurrection. And these prophecies were all fulfilled in the life of one man and one man only, that is Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, these prophecies played a pivotal role in my commitment to follow Jesus. Now, let me say that again. These prophecies played a pivotal, crucial role in my commitment to follow Jesus. And I hope it does the same for you. But of course, if um, you have been following my ministry um, on a regular basis, you already know these things. You know, that's not all I found, though. All the information I have been sharing with you. That's not all I have found to share. So there are a lot of prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled already. Now, through my study of the Bible, I found something else. Hundreds of prophecies concerning future events. So what are these prophecies about? A whole range of subjects such as future wars, political events, and the establishment of an everlasting kingdom ruled by Jesus himself. It sounds like a fairy tale or um, an allegory, but it's not. It's prophecies that will be fulfilled. But an overwhelming number of these prophecies focus on a single event, the second coming of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible contains more prophecies describing his second coming than it does his first. Now, given that every single prophecy describing his first coming was fulfilled to the letter, doesn't it make sense to believe the prophecies of his second coming will also be fulfilled? I want you to think about that. Now, in my mind, the only question is when they will be fulfilled, not if. So we need to watch for the signs. Now, Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day for their failure to recognize his first coming. He told them, you know how to look at the sky and predict the weather, 
but you don't know how to recognize the signs of the times. Now that's in Matthew chapter 16, verses one through three. Yeah. Now, in other words, just like you and me, the Pharisees and Sadducees could look at, at dark clouds on the horizon and know that a rainstorm was on its way. Now, likewise, they also knew the Old Testament Messianic prophecies, yet they failed to recognize their fulfillment about Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. Now, had they prepared themselves spiritually and made a serious commitment to study the Messianic prophecies like I do and like we are doing and watch for their fulfillment, I have no doubt they would have recognized Jesus as the Messiah. Now, as I studied the Bible, I realized Jesus wasn't simply addressing the Pharisees and Sadducees. He had a second audience in mind, you and me. Jesus was talking to you and me. Jesus had a lot to say about his return, and he told us to faithfully watch for it. In fact, he did far more than that. He commanded us to watch. Now, this leads us into our foundational scriptures. So then I will share the name of this series. So I'm going to read two different versions First, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read from the New King James Translation. And our foundational scriptures is found in Mark chapter 13, verses 35, 36, and 37. And I'm reading from the New Living Translations first. It says, you too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the house will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. Now, the New King James Version says this, beginning at verse, uh, verse 35. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning. Verse 36. Lest Coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. Verse 37, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch, watch. So the name of this groundbreaking series will be, Do You Know the Signs of the Coming of the Messiah? Do you know the signs of the coming of the Messiah? Now, as a follower of Jesus the Christ, I take this command seriously. And long ago, I made a conscious decision to stay alert, study these signs, and watch as he commanded us to do. But what I found when I studied these prophecies is not at all what I expected. What did I find? You may be asking. I found that all the signs Jesus and the prophets said to look for are present right now. Now, and not only are they present, but ours is the only generation in all of history that can make that claim. Jesus said, once you see the presence of all those signs, he's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, on October the 22nd, it was the year 1844. Thousands of people throughout the United States, they gathered on hills and mountaintops. Many of them sold everything they owned in anticipation of that day. 
Now, some left their jobs. Others even left their families, people. But why did they do this? What did those people gather together and do on those hills and mountaintops? Now, believe it or not, they waited. That's right. They waited all day long. They sat around and waited. They waited because they had convinced themselves beyond all doubt that October the 22nd, 1844 was the day of the second coming of the Lord Jesus the Christ. Now, you've probably heard of this group. Their belief was based in part on the teachings of William Miller. Uh-huh. He was a Baptist preacher, a false prophet. Now, Miller originally pinpointed the date of the second coming as destined to occur sometime between March 1843 and March 1844. Now, when those dates came and went, most of his followers, they, they were known as the Millerites, realized that there was an error. And they what they did was just go back to, to their normal lifestyles, but the rest latched on to a new date and gathered together on that infamous Tuesday in 1844. Now, needless to say, the result was the same. That day too came and went and Jesus did not return. So why am I telling you this? Because I want you to know that the Millerites should have known without a doubt that October the 22nd, 1844 was not the day of Jesus's return. And why am I saying that? Because Jesus himself said, no man knows the day or the hour of my return. Not even myself, only my father in heaven knows. That's in Mark 13, 32. So any attempt to set a specific date for the second coming of the Lord Jesus is nothing more than pure guesswork. It's completely at odds with God's word. So let's look at the negative effects of, of date setting, okay, and the harm it can cause. Even though Jesus made it clear that no one can know the day or the hour of his return, that hasn't stopped an untold number of people from claiming he will return on a specific date. Now, one modern example is the media circus surrounding Harold Campings. I wonder if you heard of him. Harold Campings. His prediction that Jesus would return on May 21, 2011, of course, you and I both know Jesus didn't come back on that day. Don't we know that? Yeah, this it was all over the news. Now, nevertheless, Camping and the Millerites are far from an isolated case when it comes to the practice of date setting. History is littered with individuals and groups who preach Jesus would return on a specific day or at a specific time. Yet, every one of those claims ended in disappointment. That's what I want you to focus on. They can't. Jesus said, no man know the hour. Now, it's bad enough when false predictions shake the faith of a few misguided people, but date setting has had a much more devastating effect. So many people have sounded false alarms that any mention of the second coming falls on deaf ears. It's like a modern day case of the boy who cried wolf. Now, because of date setters, many people, and that includes a lot of Christians, have simply written off the prospect that Jesus will ever return, while others heap scorn and ridicule on those who look forward to his coming. Now, today, anyone who dares to suggest the second coming of Jesus Christ 
might take place anytime in the near future is mocked and ridiculed. Now, a common refrain we often hear from skeptics, it, it goes something like this, and you guys may have heard it. Oh, Jesus is coming, huh? Yeah, sure he is. Yeah, heard that one before. Uh, so, so-and-so claimed Jesus was coming in the year 1000. Did, did it happen? Nah, didn't happen at all. And so-and-so claimed he was coming in, in 1790 and 1844 and 1900 and 2000, and we can con just keep going. Now, every single one of those claims was wrong. And anyone who says he's coming back now will be just as wrong as they were. Now, I can understand why a lot of people feel this way. But there's a big problem with it. It attributes failed human predictions to the Bible. Predictions the Bible did not make. Okay? The Bible didn't predict the return of Jesus Christ in 1844. The Millerites did. The Bible didn't predict that Y2K. Remember Y2K? It did not predict that Y2K would herald the second coming imperfect humans did. Now, if you take the time to examine the evidence, you'll find it's not the Bible that has a history of failed predictions. It's people. In contrast, the Bible's track record is perfect. And in regard to the second coming, it's clear about what we should look for. Now, let's talk a little bit about the time of his coming. So if Jesus himself says no one can, can know the day or the hour of his coming, what if anything can we know about it? For years, I've heard people say we can't know anything at all, yet that's far from what Jesus said. So why is it that so many Christians insist we can't know anything about timing of his return? Now, what is their belief based on? That's what I want to know. Now, more often than not, their belief is based on the idea that Jesus will come like a thief in the night, which is recorded by the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2. But they are misunderstanding these scriptures. And this is true. Jesus himself said he will come like a thief in the night when everyone least expected it. That's in Matthew 24, verses 43 and 44. Now, this idea coupled with the statement that no one can know the day or the hour of his return has led many people to conclude that no one can know anything about when Jesus is coming. Now, if he comes like a thief in the night, when we least expect it, how could you know when he's coming? And, and I think that's a good question. And fortunately, I know the answer. I've read and I've studied and I've researched the Bible, and it clearly tells us that we can know the general season of his return. Let's look at the rest of the uh, scripture and the message that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. While it says Jesus will come like a thief in the night when we least expect it, it also says Christians will not be surprised. Okay, now let's read the full context of these scriptures. It will be in 1 Thessalonians um Chapter 5, verses 4 through 8, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, okay? It says, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. 
for you are all children of the light. And he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. He is not talking to non-believers and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. What others? Like some Christians who are not being aware and some non-believers. And Paul goes on to say, stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 4 through 8. And I did read that from the New Living Translation. Now, did you catch what Paul was saying in those scriptures? Do you see what these scriptures are saying? It says that Jesus will come like a thief in the night and surprise non-Christians and Christians who are spiritually asleep. Now, alert and watchful Christians will not be caught off guard by Jesus's return. Uh-uh. I know I won't be caught off guard. Oh, no, indeed. So while Jesus said we can never know the day or the hour of his return in Matthew 24, 36, we do have the ability to recognize the general time frame. Okay. Because that's what Jesus himself said. When his disciples asked him to describe the signs of his coming, Jesus described a number of events and concluded by saying, when you see these things occur, look up for your salvation is near. That's recorded in Luke 21 verse 28. Now, in one instance, Jesus tells us no one can know the day or the hour of his return. Then later he says we should look up for him when we see certain events occur. Now, if you're looking at it, you know, just on the face of it, this doesn't make sense to non-believers. So how do we reconcile these statements? The answer is by reading and understanding God's word, being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible clearly states what will happen in the last days. So what does it say about the second coming? Does the Bible say we can, we can know the time of, of Christ's return? The answer might surprise you because it's both yes and no. Now, the Bible is quite clear. But in order to grasp this concept, you first need to understand the nature of the second coming. And I know you guys are interested in this series with just that little bit of information I just shared, because guess what? I'm getting ready to stop. Um, episode two will be shared on New Year's Day, January the 1st of 2022. So I hope you guys are, are interested in hearing these truths because it is going to be eye-opening. You are going to see some of the things that are occurring right now that was prophesied 2,000 years ago. When Jesus walked the earth, he was the final prophet. He wasn't just the son of God. He wasn't just the son of man. And he wasn't just a prophet. He was the prophet, the final prophet of God. And he prophesied some things that were going to happen that we should watch out for. So that is what that series is going to be about. It's going to be maybe a five to seven part series. But um, you guys know. 
Um, it could either be longer or shorter. I don't know. I just want to rightly divide the truth with you. So saints, until next time, I want you to treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. And when the, the Lord opens a door for you to share his son, I want you to remember this, that it is the goodness of the Lord that leads man to repentance. You tell people that whatever they have done, their sins can be forgiven. People need to hear that, that there is a way out of that life, lifestyle they are living in. There is definitely a way out. And Jesus is still the answer. So until tomorrow, saints, when we will conclude episode 19 of searching the scriptures, the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures and finding Jesus in them, I want you guys to peace out. were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public to submit your remarks. I should note that you must be a follower of my show to submit a voice message. So don't forget to click the follow button. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated and used to help further the gospel. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. English Standard Version. Please sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. Now until next time, my sisters and brothers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. And remember, continue to walk with Jesus. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.